Are you feeling stuck or are you unstoppable? Are you tired of creating incremental growth in your business while really wanting to make quantum leaps? Well then welcome, you found the right place to be fed. This is Susan, the founder of Unstoppable Women in Business and this podcast is for women entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, anyone who is unwaveringly focused on finding the best path to success in their business. While you're here, you're gonna be asked to think differently to get different results, to do things that are challenging, but oh, so rewarding. So come on, let's get started. Good morning, this is Susan, and I am so happy. As I mentioned, I'm here today with Mr. Pat Miller, the idea coach. Welcome, Pat. It's good to have you here today. It's great to be here, Susan. Great to see you. Thank you. You too. And you know, here's I've got to make a nod to this because you know you're on the Unstoppable Women in Business podcast. (laughs) You are a token male here. So you should be a honored and be feel just a little bit of pressure. Uh, yeah, I got to really bring it for the entire species here, right? My gender's got to be represented, but uh, I appreciate you letting me be a guest. It's going to be a lot of fun. I choose carefully, Pat. I really do. Because <laughs> my whole mission in life is to help women entrepreneurs in any way they can become more successful in what they do and really get themselves out there to make the changes in the world that they're looking to make. And so bringing you on today is all about that. And that's why I'm excited because you are, to me, when I think about community, um, your face comes to mind. It's, I've, I've <laughs> I wish you guys could see this. We're actually, uh, <laughs> he just gave a cheesy grin. <laughs> but no, I'm serious because um, I believe that you embody community in everything you do. And so why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself, uh, who you are, and the genesis of how you got to be the idea coach. Well, I'll start by saying I had no idea I would do this ever. This is all uncharted water. I'm making it up as I go along, and this is all new to me. So my past, I was a radio guy forever. I went to school to be a radio guy. I built radio stations. I did morning shows, afternoon shows, overnight shows, night shows, managed people, built promotions. My wife and I moved all around the Midwest chasing the radio dream. So right out of college, I was a manager of a radio station, program director for those that know, and moved from Bloomington Normal, Illinois, to Des Moines, Illinois, to Lincoln, Nebraska, to Omaha, Nebraska, and now here in Milwaukee where we're home for the last 12 years. And all along the way, you move up in bigger and bigger market size because that's how you get ahead in the industry. And I thought my entire career was going to be, I'm a radio guy. That's just what I do. And I realized towards the end of my time in radio that there were things that I enjoyed about it and things that I didn't. And there were things that I wanted to do that the industry just didn't allow me to do. So I needed to make a change of some kind. So I either needed to specialize as a business person and go be a general manager and run the entire business of a radio station or go back to my roots and be a product guy and be an operations manager and run everything about what goes on the air. I didn't want to choose product or business. I like having my hand in both. And I needed to make a choice because the stations were up for sale. So I decided to leave. My wife runs a small business here in Milwaukee. She's a photographer. She's incredibly gifted. She's amazing. And I thought, you know what? 
if she can do it, she can support me and I'll figure it out. So I left to take my experience as a radio guy to consult small business owners. So that's the big picture of how I got from being an on-air program director in radio for 22 years to now go be a small business consultant. And that was almost three years ago. Oh, that is fascinating. So one of the things I respect the most about you is you are so creative and you started a business. I'm assuming the business you started was the Idea Coach. So I started as Small Step Solutions and my idea was to consult with small businesses and help them with their marketing, help them with their, to be specific, customer identification, customer targeting, branding and positioning, creating promotions and events, email marketing, those sorts of things. And I realized, as many consultants do after they've done it for more than two minutes, you can't scale your time. And doing one-on-one work was not going to be satisfying for me long-term, so I needed to find other options. That's when I started community building. And what's funny is community building kind of turned into the feeling of having a radio station again. I have a target audience, and I create content for that target audience, just like I did when I had a radio station. So while this is all brand new, it feels really familiar. Wow. You know, it's kind of interesting because I am part of your community, the Idea Collective. And now that you say that, I can see exactly what you're talking about as far (laughs) as, you know, the the honey to the bees or the bees to the honey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What attracts us to the community is similar to what attracts us to a particular genre and music or radio station. It's where we feel home. Yeah. And it kind of connects with our identity. So I, I, I now see the connection between those two things. That's interesting. So tell me about, because I know a lot of the listeners and a lot of the people that, I, that follow me mm-hmm. are very interested in creating memberships and creating community. So why don't we take it down to this, it's like roots and talk about like, why, why do we want community? And what is it that you think is necessary in order to create a strong community? That is a huge question, and we can do an entire podcast on that. So I'm going to take the question, and I'm going to break it down into three parts. Sounds good. Why does a business owner want a community? Why do we seek community as business owners, right? And then what's in it for a member of a community? Those are all different things. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is, as a business owner, we want a community because it's a great way to get all of our either target audience or our ideal clients in one place. Plus, sweet, sweet, sweet monthly recurring revenue. It's a beautiful thing. So it makes sense as a business owner to think if I created a membership site, there's a chance to make some consistent dollars and engage with my ideal clients every day. No problem. So that's just the ugly business side of having a community. But to your question, and I think the soul of your question is, why do we seek community? And depending on the type of community that you are joining, it really comes back to, I think, confirmation of your identity. There are others out there walking the same journey I'm walking, or they're interested in pursuing the same things I'm pursuing. So if you're in a golf community, you want to be around other golfers. It reinforces the good things about you. The other thing that a community can provide is uh, strength where you're weak, which is another great opportunity when a community is healthy. You show up like you feel like you have something to give, which reinforces your value and your perception. Plus, help where you don't have strength. So you can show up and get from others who are strong. So you can fill in your gaps and provide your own expertise. Those are the two things you give and get out of a community. So 
That's why we join them is for, I think, self-affirmation, surrounding ourselves with people like ourselves and getting help when we need it. Um, so I think all that stuff is really valuable. And then the other thing about joining communities in general, there is a little bit of social proof and status that goes into it. I think people like to join clubs. They like to say they're a member of something. So independent of what they get out of the community, being a member of a community, it adds like a little bit of um, cachet. Like, oh, I'm a part of a group. I'm a somebody. I'm in the club. I'm not missing out. So I know that's a long-winded answer, but there are different ways when you ask a question like that and different reasons why people start and engage in them. Yeah, thank you. And to parlay on that, I I personally believe there's responsibilities to be in a community from both the leader's aspect as well as the member aspect to create a really strong community that thrives. So what do you find is the most important thing you do to create that? And then on the opposite side, what what makes a great member of a community? Well, let's start with the member. A great member understands they're there to give and show up and and share what they know and then take when they need something. And also just showing up in general. A lot of people will join a community and then never put any time, whether they're giving or getting, they just won't show up. And if you don't show up, you're you're not a member and no community is going to save someone that doesn't show up. So to be a good community member, rule one is be there. Rule two is give first. Rule three is take when you need and support everybody. So regardless of what community you're in, you're in a, a needlepoint club or a golf club or a business club, just being there is giving to the community. So that's really important. To build a community, there's a huge misconception that I wish I had learned a long time ago. And I just want to stand on the rooftops and scream it at everybody that says the word community because it was an aha moment for me. And to be clear, it's not because I invented this and it's not because I knew better when I started. That's not true. I learned this and it changed everything for me. There is a huge difference between audience and community. They are completely different things. And as someone that built radio stations forever and built audiences, communities are different. Audiences show up because they like what Susan has to say. Susan's brilliant. We listen to the podcast. I learn from Susan. But if I was in a room of 75 of your other listeners, I don't feel compelled to collaborate and talk and care about them. I'm there to listen to you. It's like going to a rock concert. There's Susan on stage. I like Susan. Mm -hmm. A community, on the other hand, is here are people that are attracted by Susan's thoughts and ideas. They resonate with them and they want to collaborate with other Susan followers. It is a monumental difference. So that's something that really dawned on me. And the way that that gets reflected inside the community, at least for me, is I try really hard while I'm creating content to make it about me as little as possible. Uh, one of the say, uh, sayings that I have all the time is I built these stages so I can give them away because that's the truth. Mm -hmm. I may have a little bit of opportunity to get in front of people, but they're best utilized when I'm showcasing others. Wow. And that, that, that ripples through the community because we all know, and now that you think about that audience versus community, think of the Facebook groups you're in. Think of the coaches you follow. Think of the thought leaders. How many of them are build, building communities where you want to collaborate with their followers and how many of them are all about them? Yeah, there's a lot of them that put up barriers even. Yeah. You being able to collaborate with each other because they do want the stage to be their stage. Mm-hmm. 
That's really interesting, Pat. And and again, as a member of your idea collective, here is how I see that happening. Um, one of my favorite things to attend is your idea slams, which first of all, the name of it is Brit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but the concept is all of these business owners coming together and I see you as the master of ceremonies. You're not the, I'm sorry, you're not the wise sage uh-huh. giving all the good information. As a matter of fact, you deflect that quite frequently. I see you deflecting that. But what I see is the group being there because they all have something to be able to help. So somebody brings a challenge to the table and the idea slam is let's just put out there anything we can that would might help someone over can't overcome the challenge they have right now. And, um, you know, it would be so easy for you to pontificate Uh as you have the business experience probably, but you're usually the last one, if at all, really to add to the muck and mire of it. And it's really, it does take on that community feel because of that. And that's by design. I've thought, and I have in my head, if the Idea Collective becomes the Pat Miller School of Business, shut it down because that's not what it's there for. It's there to offer people a chance to collaborate with others, learn from others. And if I can share my experience and teach someone something, great. But I don't think I'm on the planet to teach people. I'm on the planet to help people. And those are different things. So I feel like getting smart people like you in the room, when there's a sales question, what do I say? All right, Susan, what do you got? right? Do I not do that every single time to the point where it's almost uncomfortable? All right, Susan, you're the genius. What do you got, right? Because I'm not the salesperson, you are. Thank you. Yeah, it is. And it's fun because I'm sitting there and I do have ideas. And so um, maybe my tendency would be to kind of hold back a little bit because it's quote unquote your room. Yeah. But you're always inviting people in, in their areas of expertise to give. And that's what makes the community. I love it. All right, Pat. So here's a question I have for you. Uh, When it comes to community, I'm thinking about Clubhouse. And is that a community or what is it? It's a disruptive technology, which is very retro in feel. That's what it is right now because it strips away all the noise that's introduced by all the different social media collaboration sites. There's no video, there's no chat, there's no emojis, there's no editing, there's no algorithm. There's none of that. It's simply a room where people are talking to each other. And for that reason, it has a campfire magical quality to it. I love that. Is it a community? Not on its own. I think it could be a community inside the clubhouses inside Clubhouse. So if you're not on Clubhouse, it's an app where you go on there and you talk and listen to people. Inside there, there can be little clubs. So an Unstoppable Women in Sales could have a club. And inside that club, you have club events. Inside there, I could see maybe a community starting. But just Clubhouse in general feels like the world's biggest business conference and you're trying to find which room to go sit in. Mm -hmm. And you walk in and see people pontificating on stage or people showing up saying, ask me anything. And there's a lot of thought leadership stuff going on right now Uh, because thought leaders are like water. You know how water will fill any shape that's available to them, right? Like it'll just fill, it it just goes wherever it can. Mm -hmm. I think thought leaders and content creators are kind of like that. Anytime there's a new platform, they rush there maybe because they have a chance to sell something or you know look smart. 
right? So I think there's a lot of that going on right now. And it's not bad. You can really learn a lot on Clubhouse. But as far as being a community to the definition that we've defined it so far on this show, no, not yet. Got it. That makes sense. I've been in some rooms like like yours where I have gotten a lot of value out of meeting people, understanding, having great conversation. I tend to go into clubhouse when I'm cooking dinner and, and I'm cooking and I'm chatting with friends. It feels real. But then I've been into some really enormous rooms where it is just posturing and just self, you know, kind of promotions. And so to me, that's the difference between the community feel or potential of clubhouse and kind of what it's uh, starting out as in the wild, wild west days of it. And I think that's kind of defined by the person that's hosting the room. Are they there to meet and show off other people or are they there to raise their profile and make sales? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're like me, but something I do, I yell at Clubhouse all the time. I'm walking on the treadmill, I'm in the audience and someone says something and I'll just yell, oh, come on. Like, you know, I find myself talking back to Clubhouse when I'm not on stage because they sometimes people say the most ridiculous thing and you just, it just comes out. It just viscerally, it just comes out. I love it. I actually was in a room once where um, this one person was saying, oh, I feel so like such a loser. I'm only at 250,000 and I, <laughs> like I can't get to that million dollar. And the guy said, oh, come on. You got to know that most of these people out here that are touting themselves as seven figures are you know, blowing smoke at you. Yeah, yeah. So it's that posturing that kind of, to me, that ruins community. It's, it's like, be real and just get something done. So I have a question about the clubs. Like you mentioned, having your own little club. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about that? I, I believe that you're in the process of doing it. Can you share with, with folks how you can create a community and create your own club within Clubhouse? Yeah, happy to share what I know. I don't know if this is the like authoritative guide on it, but here's what I've done so far. The first thing is I can't find information that shows the hard and fast way it's going to get done. But here's what I've been told and I've registered on the website to do it. They are authorizing these clubs for people that have hosted three consecutive weeks of rooms at the same time on the same day. So we do ours Wednesday at five for authentic networking for small business owners. And if you do it three weeks in a row, you can go to their Airtable link right? A cloud Excel spreadsheet, essentially, Mm -hmm. and put in all of your information and apply for your room. And then I don't know what they're doing with it, but they've had my application for three or four weeks now. And I'm just waiting for them to go, boop, you have a room. So that's my knowledge. That's my literal technical expertise. I'm waiting for the boop so I can get my room. Now, what I've heard is uh, they're going to make this self-service. So there's going to be a way that you can apply for your own clubhouse eventually because the app is still technically in beta. They just have happened to explode it as far as user count is concerned. So I think everyone's kind of waiting for the chance to go in and make your own room. I don't think it's there yet. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And I know you you went through that quickly, but the name of your room again, and it's five central time. So just just so we can find you. Yeah, it'd be great. I would love to connect with people. Wednesdays at 5 p.m. central. Uh, we host a room called Authentic Networking for Small Business Owners. And it's exactly like it sounds. Come tell us about you. We want to get to know you. We want to hear what you're up to. And we want to try and build a community. It's kind of like hand-to-hand combat. Like, I don't know if you can get to community building at scale. And that's another thing I've learned. Another aside is that 
marketing is great and getting awareness into my funnel is great. But the thing that gets people over the line is a personal conversation that I'm not finding a lot of authentic connections other than actually talking to people to make sure they feel like they fit into what we're building. So for what it's worth. You're a master at that. I've just watched you because, you know, it's kind of interesting on Clubhouse. You don't like, sometimes you're like, Ooh, there's only, you know, 20 people, 30 people in this room. I tend to want to fade into the background and observe, but you have such a way of kind of bringing people into the conversation in a super comfortable way at their pace. And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Um, are you still trying to get people there from all 50 states? Okay. This is so much fun. Yes. So <laughs> this is an extension of what we're trying to do with the Idea Collective is I want to have someone in every state in the union. I want to do the 50 states of small business because I think there are people in New Jersey that are going through the same struggles as people in Ames, Iowa, and they can help each other. It's not about come learn from for me, it's come learn from other people that are facing the same things. So yes, I'm absolutely trying to do that. I'm not doing it on Clubhouse right now, but I'm trying to do it through the Idea Collective. Okay, cool. I, I love it because I joined the Idea Collective. I'm from North Carolina. Pat is from Wisconsin. We would have never met each other. I mean, never in the Chamber of Commerce or the small BNI or whatever networking event we went to. But as being part of the Idea Collective, I have exposure to so many people I would have never met naturally. And the ideas are refreshing. Sometimes communities can almost become a little incestuous, not in a yicky way, but where you all start talking and sounding the same if you don't get outside of your community at times as well. Do you find that? Yeah. There are social norms, there's standards, there's slang, there's inside jokes, there's uh, a best practice that maybe you learned from the community leader and now everybody's doing the same thing at a networking event. Like that absolutely can happen. I don't think I've seen it too much with Idea Collective yet, but it's something that I'm definitely on the outlook for. And that's one of the things we've invested a lot of time in is we've now created this onboarding and ambassador program. So when someone who comes in off the street, they don't feel like they're walking into somebody else's club, right? It's not like the cheerleaders turn around and be like, oh, you're wearing that. Like, we don't want that, right? We want people to feel like, come on in, grab a drink, let's talk. Like, So we have an entire program set up with people to make people feel welcome, to try and combat that exact thing. Because if you build up that vibe, people will bounce off the community, not come into the community. So it's something that we're aware of and we're trying to fight. Excellent. Pat, you're bringing up so many good things for people to think about because going back to the beginning of our conversation, generally when someone wants to create a membership, um, quote unquote community, they're doing it because they want to bring clients in and service them at a, you know, like you said, a one-to-many type Mm -hmm. of ratio. Um, and there feels like a lot of pressure there. Like, holy cow, how am I going to entertain this membership? How am I going to feed them enough uh, value that they'll stay with me? And what I'm hearing from you is it's not all about what you feed them. It's how they feed each other that keeps them with you the longest. Yeah. A couple of things that I think about when I run what I do. The first thing is... Um, You've been to a party where the host makes it all about themselves and it's just weird. Oh, yeah. Right? When you throw a good party, you stock the bar, there's food, you turn on the music and you just you just go around and talk to people. But it's not 
thanks for coming to my house. It's thanks for coming. Let's get to know each other. So that mental image of starting the party and then letting people do their thing is something I think of like almost every day. That's really important. Another thing is I'm a big believer in status and real estate inside the community. So if there are people that are invested, make them a moderator, give them ownership, let them have oxygen, let people know that they're one of the leaders. Because if you knight people into moderator status because they represent what you want, like only allow moderators and leaders inside the group of people that model what you want the community to be. And when you find those people, throw your arms around them, comp their membership, make them moderators because they will help send your message out. And then the other thing that I'm doing, in case you know anyone that wants to lead something in sales, I'm just saying, I'm trying to get members that have something to say to host regular events once a month, once a week, once a quarter, where they show up as the expert and they give their knowledge to the community. And the reason why I want to do that is that helps everyone get a stage. It strengthens the information inside the community and it makes the overall experience better. And to your point of how am I going to entertain all these people, I was terrified of that. It took me two or three weeks when I was building the community to think of, okay, what am I going to do? And when I realized I couldn't do it all, I thought, okay, that's okay. Because here's the parallel in radio. In radio, if you go to a music radio station, they play a lot of hit records. It's not just the DJ talking. I may be the DJ, but I play all the hit records. And to me, the hit records are the content that the other people bring. So if I can take someone like you to teach something on sales, that's a hit record. Or someone else in my community that's an expert in IT, that's a hit record. Because those the hit records means that's what people want to hear about. And the more, and this is just so weird, and it's just you and me talking here happens to be a podcast. So hi, everyone. <laughs> the more I feature others, celebrate others, love others, lift others up, the richer the experience gets for me. And I get more oxygen from others by doing that than trying to get attention for myself. It's the weirdest thing. And maybe everyone else on the planet had figured that out before me. But to me, it is the secret sauce. Show up and give, show up and help, show off others as much as you can. Everyone will know what's going on. You'll get credit for it, even though it doesn't feel like you do. Is, does that make sense? Am I, am I on crack here, Susan? This is why I love you, Pat Miller. <laughs> <laughs> because what you just said there in a most beautiful way is what emanates out of your membership community. And it has to start with the leader. And so that's why I, I see you being extraordinarily successful in this. And so I'm going to ask you this last question. If you think of Pat Miller, you close your eyes and you think about Pat Miller five years from now, mm -hmm. and you think about what the idea collective and you have evolved into, what are you seeing? What's the next thing that's happening? What I want is a coast-to-coast -coast small business community that is helping lift up small business owners across the country. And I want to create content every day in that vein. My vision is Dave Ramsey for small business. I want to do a radio show or a content piece, and I want to have that be the extension of the Idea Collective because the Idea Collective has the opportunity to erase borders erase time zones, 
erase status, erase identity, and help people where they need to be helped, which is emotionally. Because I believe that the small business lifestyle can be lonely and hard. And to have people around you on that journey is everything. So I want to create a community that's coast to coast doing that and to raise awareness for it. I want to perform every day, highlight the people in my community, celebrate the challenges of small business because Fortune 500 shouldn't be the only group of people that gets oxygen in the country. And I want to lift up small business in that way because if you hear media coverage for small business, it's always sympathetic. Oh, small business owners, they stop it. Small business owners are smarter, more engaged, more driven, harder working than almost anybody on the planet. And they're always covered with, oh, poor small business owners. Like you hear it in the media. So I want to put an end to that and I want to lift everybody up. Awesome. I love that. (laughs) I think there's no group of people more resourceful than small business owners. For sure. But this is a first full circle conversation because at the beginning I asked you, why do we need community? And you just described it so beautifully. It fits in with the philosophy behind my business is no one was built to go it alone. And especially when it is challenging, you need to have that community around you to feel safe and to provide new oxygen and new information and new ideas. So find yourself a community and build yourself a community. And you gave such great great concepts here today for someone to kind of noodle on and think about what they want their community to look like. So I thank you. I know you're a busy man. <laughs> thank you for being here. Very. It's my pleasure. Great to see you again. Awesome. I, um, I'm going to say goodbye here to everybody. You're going to be able to find the links for everything that Pat talked about today uh, in the uh, show notes where you can find him at the Idea Collective, on Clubhouse, everything, everywhere. Thank you, Pat. It's been such a joy. Thank you. You take care. Hey there, lady. What are you doing? We need to get to know each other better. Come on over and visit me at www.unstoppablewomeninbusiness.com and check it out. I've got so much good stuff over there for you and I would love to get to know you better. So come on, come on over. Let's hang out.